0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a Digital Diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation.
1: Today's episode brings us the world's first performance branding company, Within. Not only does the company use performance branding to strengthen their clients' marketing strategy, but Within acts as an extension of a brand's in-house team. Joe Yockwell, founder and chief executive officer, talks expansion and rebranding of his company and shares his thoughts on the decline of the traditional agency model.
0: Thanks for joining us today, Joe.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So you recently branded Agency Within to Within. So can you talk a little bit about the reasoning behind this relaunch?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for us, this is something that really isn't necessarily new in terms of the positioning of our company, in that we've always been this kind of different partner um, to the clients that we work with and what's typically found uh, in the agency environment. And since we never really felt like an agency or acted or operated as one, and that was pretty well known with our clients, you know, obviously the name having agency in it is is kind of counterintuitive or misleading. So dropping the word agency from our name just kind of cleans it up and allows us to tell our story in a way that's a little bit uh, more direct and and clear. Um, but I think there's there's two other major things that we also want to make sure are coming across um, with our brand when we're talking to people that maybe don't know us uh, as well. One of which is that while we started out as a more media-focused company, we've really built a really big creative practice internally over the last couple of years, uh, or maybe almost three years now. And with bringing on our new creative director uh, about a little over a year ago, uh, and really staffing up that team and working with bigger and bigger brands like like Facebook and Budweiser and Third Love and others, you know, telling our story that is way more holistic than just media or just creative, but really something that involves both through this process that we call performance branding is really important to us and and also important to our clients. And then I would say lastly, you know, when we started the company, we had a lot of direct consumer startup clients and, and other Um, brands that are a little bit smaller. um, And over time, we've really grown to take on a lot bigger brands that are more national or even global, um, like Nike or Spanx or Shake Shack and others. So just telling our story in a way that is true to who we are today versus uh, the branding that we had, which, um, you know, honestly dates back to when we started the company about five years ago and hasn't changed much.
0: There's a lot of traditional agency models that organizations turn to, but why doesn't that traditional model work?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest reason is because of silos. Um, you know, We're really in the business of breaking down silos, um, breaking down silos internally in terms of the teams and objectives and strategies that are happening on the brand side, as well as breaking down silos that are being managed maybe by different partners for different channels um, and, and making everything to be more holistic, which really does two things. One, through this performance branding process, we're really able to drive better results for our clients by combining and collapsing the funnel between performance and brand. And we're able to both build emotional connections with consumers um, while also driving them to conversion at the same time, which, which is great for lifetime value and, and long-term profitability for the brands that we work with. Um, but it's also a better user experience, and it's weird in today's day and age when you get one ad on one channel, let's say like TV from a brand that's all kind of pie in the sky um, branding and, and doesn't really have a lot of product focus. Uh, and then you see an ad on, on a digital channel like search or social, and it's a jarring experience. And it's like, hey, buy this right now, free shipping, you know, get $10 off, expires today. And that whole brand aspect that you saw on the TV ad didn't even exist in in this next touch point. Um, so our goal is to make the consumer experience more, more cohesive um, while also helping brands maximize their growth with their investment.
0: Great. So... Collaborations. Tell us about what a modern brand and, and partner relationship look like.
1: Yeah, I think um, the partnership that we have with Shake Shack, um, partnership that we have with Trade Coffee are two great examples of kind of the most modern version of what a relationship could look like, where it involves uh, a true hybrid relationship between existing as a partner, which we always have for both of those brands, um, but then more recently adding uh, in-house talent to that support system. Uh, we're actually placing people inside of their offices who are um, part of the team in a true sense. They have a desk there, they have a computer there, they have an email address, uh, and they're really working hand in hand with the team uh, client side, uh, while also having the support that that we've been giving them traditionally as a partner of theirs with existing augmented staff on our end. So you know, we we see that as kind of the future of where the business is going, but it also extends to how we do pricing models. And we've been doing more and more pricing models that are performance based instead of percentage of spend based or you know, retainer based, but really leaning into this brand partnership and brand first thinking by saying, hey, what's good for you? And what are your targets? And what does success look like? And if we achieve that together, then we'll do well together. And if we don't, then we won't be able to have as much upside either. So it's really kind of sharing in that upside mutually, instead of it being a situation where one side can win and one side can lose.
0: This kind of ties into my next question about your model and and how you act as an extension of a brand's in-house team. I was going to ask a little bit about that, but it sounds like you just answered it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for us, it's, it's all about being a trusted business partner. So when we think about how we, how we develop our talent internally, um, we always tell them that it's, it's a client first mentality. We do what's good for the client's business and we act like business owners. And it's a mantra that we tell people all the time. I do in orientation with new employees personally, myself, uh, or at least part of the orientation process. And one of the things that I always tell them is, Hey, if you're going to invest in something on behalf of your client, if you owned the business, you should, feel comfortable the same way as if you owned it to take out cash from your pocket, not some portion of some budget that you see as numbers on an Excel sheet. Like, would you literally take out $20,000 in cash and count out $100 bills and hand it over for that marketing program if you own the business yourself? And if the answer is yes, great. And if the answer is no, then don't recommend it. But we should be doing everything the same way that we would if we own the business. And as long as we treat it that way, then we're going to end up having really great relationships uh, and be able to really grow our business alongside our clients' businesses uh, as well. So that's really a kind of... Of how we think about the extension
0: so you mentioned the concept of performance branding. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is and, and what your process is specifically?
1: Yeah. So performance branding is, is really about breaking down that mutual exclusivity of what was once kind of done in completely um, separate buckets. So you'd have a performance team, you'd have a brand team. They'd each have their own budgets, their own people, their own agency partners, their own goals and strategies and audiences they're reaching and creatives. And it's literally like they're two different businesses. Uh, and it really makes no sense. We were talking, um, Yesterday, um, during my presentation, I asked the audience, you know, what percentage of you or raise your hand if if your business is is really here for long term profitability, and and got most, you know, almost everyone raised their hand. And then I asked, raise your hand if long term profitability is a metric in your marketing program or in your weekly reports or your quarterly business reviews, and almost no one raised their hand. And not having that alignment is a huge problem. And how can you possibly do what's best for the business from the marketing side if the literal goal that you're optimizing to is not the same as what the company Company's goal is For us, performance branding is really taking that objective from the company and pushing that through every aspect of their marketing program. Whether it's brand initiative or performance per- initiative, everything is measurable in some way, shape, or form. And if we're doing everything aligning back to what's best for long-term profitability, then every decision that we make on behalf of that company will be for the right reasons. So for us, performance branding is a five-step process. It starts with lifetime value, really understanding the differences in value of these different audience segments, followed by developing a channel strategy. So now that we know who we're reaching and what they're worth to us, where are those people going to be? What platforms are they on? And based on those platforms, what do we want to say to them? And then developing that content itself. Um, so actually creating that video content or even landing page long form content so that we're serving that message to those audiences that in a way that's platform right and audience right. And then lastly, the two steps being attribution, measuring all of these impacts and understanding what's incremental to the business, going into the last step of then using that attribution data to do real-time bidding and move money in real-time based on what's performing best.
0: Great. So we're happy to have you back at another one of our assemblies. And I'm curious what you have found to be the benefits of attending these smaller uh, Millennium Alliance assemblies.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's always great to just meet interesting people um, that are at different types of companies. It's a pretty good mix of different types of brands and different types of companies, both in size and industry vertical, and really just learn from other people about how they're accomplishing their goals or or going up against challenges that they face in the industry. Some of us have the same challenges. Some Some of us have very different ones. And I think that's what creates a better learning environment um, when you might have the expertise that somebody else doesn't or vice versa. And everyone can share and learn from each other, which I think is is really obvious at an event like this.
0: Well, thank you so much, Joe, for being here. And we hope to see you again soon.
1: Our pleasure. Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation.